The following podcast may be unsuitable for children or more sensitive listeners and may contain explicit language. The Paper Machete, a weekly live magazine, issue date September 13th, 2014. You are at a live magazine. You're going to hear comedians, journalists, and orators talking about current events, pop culture, and American manners. You are at a weekly salon in a Chicago saloon. My name is Christopher. I am your editor-in-chief, Go-Go Boy, Cabaret Cabbie, Show Business Shaman, Impish Impresario, and Masters Less, Master of Ceremonies. Table of Contents. This week, the wine will flow and the arteries will harden as we all take a trip to the Olive Garden. We'll piss on trends and we'll make no apology as we take down the just-announced iPhone technology. And the sharpest knives this side of the Mason-Dixon, we've saved to commemorate the pardoning of Nixon. Plus, this week, our musical guest is American jazz legend, singer-songwriter Ben Sidrin is with us. Big damn deal. Masthead Roll Call, Tim Ryder, Rebecca Hansen, Katie McVeigh, Peter John Burns, Ben Sidrin, each and every one a Scientologist. Our loyal audience of almost late bloomers, cheap beer consumers, early adopters, dialogue prompters, clever assholes, chicks with brass balls, daytime drinkers, culture vultures, dreamers, schemers, screamers, nice, decent church people, and all the members of the Obama administration who are listening today live via wiretap. If you can hear my voice, then ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, hipsters and hopheads, writers of op-eds, mandama and unheron and kinfolk, this live magazine is officially live, and we are all about to read it together. And now, the Paper Machete presents the Technology Report. Here to tell us about the newest Apple trends is a wonderful Chicago stand-up who's coming back to the Machete for a second time. Welcome back, Katie McVeigh! Hear ye, hear ye. The most important news of the last year is upon us. In an America ravaged by income inequality, another decade of impending war and general crisis, our corporate overlords at Apple have teamed up with you two to solve our most pressing problems. The use of physical credit cards and free and easy access to U2 songs. Thousands of Detroit residents have lived throughout the summer months without running water, but we are finally being freed from the shackles of paying in the McDonald's drive-thru with a physical credit card. <laughs> Apple has solved the key issues today. Rather than handing over some plastic, hand over your $200 phone to the minimum wage employee <laughs> and get that burger done right. <laughs> Warmongering politicians are drawing us into yet another conflict, but you are now getting exactly what you want at home. A watch that can track your movements and uses weird hieroglyphics to communicate with your friends. Rather than the indignity of calling someone on the telephone, wouldn't you rather create a new series of glyphs to tell your friend, let's eat some sushi? I mean, for myself, I cannot even count the number of watches that I own. I own at least 25 watches. So I'm glad that Apple is finally catching on to the watch craze. <laughs> Did you know that you no longer need a grandfather or cuckoo clock to tell the time? <laughs> you can get the time, get this, on your wrist. <laughs> it's pretty crazy technology, only developed in the 16th century. I can only hope next year Apple comes out with the Apple ship, 
a trading ship that will help you easily navigate the West Indies. <laughs> Columbus could have used that, am I right? <laughs> As a woman with an anxiety disorder and so deep a distrust of corporations and political organizations that I have managed to break up romantic relationships and disrupt family dinners, I am glad that Apple will now have access not only to my credit cards, but also my very heartbeat. <laughs> Apple has proven itself to be extraordinarily trustworthy. Jennifer Lawrence, for one, is so happy that her nude photos were taken on an Apple device rather than on, say, a Polaroid camera. I hope one day to host my entire being in the cloud, making it easily accessible to criminals, hackers, and men wishing to do me harm. I can only hope that the day I give my credit cards to Apple, I also gift a man in Miami a flat screen TV. God damn it, he deserves it. And I deserve a new phone. I crave it, I desire it. Let us not sink into the muck and mire of living in a dying nation on a dying planet. Let us embrace the shiny new tools. Let's shoot slow-mo video and more efficiently track our runs. I can't outrun a nation of debt that cares not for its people, but also cares for corporations. I cannot outrun the fact that I will never earn as much money as my parents made. I can't outrun the fact that I'll likely be too poor to ever have children, but goddamn, I can get rid of these love handles. <laughs> if anyone gets my hold of my nudes, I'm gonna give them something to really look at. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> I can't afford a new iPhone right now. I'm a temp because employers have decided, rightly so from a profit-based standpoint, that temps are the wave of the future. Why give your employees benefits when you can indefinitely string them along with the promise but never guarantee of a full-time job? But let's ignore that for a second. Who cares about labor laws when foreign labor was the one abused to get this new phone? This case won't crack. Not like the child who made it. He cried and cried, but I'm crying with joy over this new phone. <laughs> I need some place to hold all this new music, and Apple was so generous as to give me a new U2 CD? Praise our Lord and Savior, Steve Jobs, may he rest in heaven forevermore. U2 hasn't been culturally relevant since the late 1990s, but now is just the time for their non-ironic kumbaya of happiness to come back to the fore. AIDS can be solved if only by Bono doing a benefit in a country he knows very little about. <laughs> Look at that selfie of him and some Tibetan monks. Jeez, that man is wise. Let's not beat up on Bono too much, though. U2's first songs were heartbreaking ballads dedicated to a war-torn nation. He lives through some real tragedy and terror. And then, well, then he sold some iPhones! So, all is well in Bono's world and all is well in ours. Did you know that the new iPhone is getting bigger? More graphics, more space to shield my face from the racism and poverty sweeping the nation. <laughs> Why pay attention to my fellow countrymen when I can get 100 fully realized characters in sweeping real-time play? I'm a woman, though, so don't tell anyone I play games. I don't want to rock the boat. But I do want to rock the vote with my wallet. I vote for Apple. I vote for Apple taking corporate stewardship over all my personal information in this easy-to-steal phone or an even easier-to-steal watch. So fun, so fresh. Graphics so crisp, we'll never have to look away from this star-studded announcement on a 24-hour news cycle that reports on corporate stunts like this instead of doing in-depth reporting on a country in crisis. 
Why hold our politicians and journalists accountable when we can easily access all our accounts on our phone? Hear ye, hear we ye! We live in a dying nation! I'm just kidding, I got a new phone. Things can't be that bad. <laughs> The truth has been spoken by Katie McVeigh, everybody! How about that, Brian? You've got to be nice to the people on the way up. You're gonna need them when no one's around. You've got to be nice to your sister, to your mama, too. Because they're the only girls who love a fool like you. This week on Chewing the Fat, it's the Fermento episode. I'm Louisa Chu. And I'm Monica Eng. We talk to Brandon Byers, author of the Everyday Fermentation Handbook. And we invite WBEZ's own Lauren Chuljan to play Will She Eat It? Plus, we take a field trip to the Lifeway Kefir factory and talk to their CEO. Download or live stream our food podcast at wbez.org slash podcasts and listen for a new episode each Thursday. Now the paper machete food report. This week, Olive Garden began selling the Pasta Pass, a $100 coupon that entitles the bearer to unlimited pasta for seven straight weeks. All 1,000, this is real, this is real, this is not a bit. All 1,000 passes sold out in under an hour. Here to discuss their experience are the purchasers of one of these passes. Welcome Bruce and Patty Buttrick, everybody. Welcome into the paper. We got it. We got it. Suck it. Suck it, you bunghead. Bruce, now, come on, Bruce. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Be it's nice. A, I've never known without a doubt that I am better off than every single person in a crowded room. Bruce. Now. We got it. Bruce, now, let's not be a braggart. Let's start from the very beginning. Okay. We are the Buttricks. We are from Palatine. If you're from Palatine, you're a pal of mine. <laughs> and although Palatine is nice, it doesn't have everything. So when I want to treat my lady to a night out, we go into the big city for some authentic Italian fare. We drive into the big city of Schomburg. And the Italian fare of the Olive Garden. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> we love to G-O to the OG. Yes, we do. Welcome yeah. to the OG, bitch. Bruce! That's a quote from a show. So sassy. My goodness. Now I have to tell you, on one of my favorite news sites, Facebook, mm -hmm. I saw uh, on the Olive Garden post that they were kind of mentioning something about a pasta pass. So I had Bruce investigate it further. Yeah, I've been getting pretty good at buying things right when they go on sale. Yeah. Concert tickets, lawnmowers. Once I swept in at the last moment of an eBay auction and purchased myself a commemorative plate from the television series, Alf. <laughs> we did not eat a cat off that plate. We did not. No. We don't eat cats, but we love Alf. <laughs> the secret and I hesitate to divulge this information. Yeah. I use two computers. Two. I've got the gateway desktop in the living room <laughs> running Windows XP. Yeah. And then I've got the compact Presario laptop that I'm only supposed to use for work. And I put them side by side. Use them both at once. Right. 
two screens. He's like an astronaut in there. He's like an astronaut. And I always make sure he's got a hot cup of coffee and a bowl full of popped corn. It's, it's like my buying fuel. <laughs> and he just zones in like a falcon. A lot of people wait for the clock to tick over for the time the thing's gonna go on sale and then they click, but that's foolish. I don't know if you all know how the internet works, no, they, but they the information don't. has to go out and then beep, 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 and then it comes back. And yeah. by the time it comes, if you wait for the tick to go over, it's too late. All right, so you gotta click before the tick. Oh, and I'm in the next room because I can't take the pressure with the clicking and the ticking. I can't take it. I can't take the countdown. Uh, but I was dying to know what was going on. So I'm in the kitchen and there's all this clicking and I keep saying to Bruce, I says, I says, Bruce, update, stat. Bruce, update, stat. She requires constant I updates. I require constant updates. She does. I do. And, and so I'm like, Bruce, update, stat. And he's clicking, he's clicking, he's clicking. And then there's dead silence. And I don't know what's going on. Bruce, update, stat. I... And he walks, he walks to the kitchen and his stoic eyes are brimming full of tears and, and he says to me, he says, Patty, he says, he says, we got it. We got it. <laughs> we got the pasta pass. We got the pasta pass, we got it, we got it. Next thing I know, Bruce has pulled me off the kitchen floor because I passed out. <laughs> Pasta passed out, didn't I? Pasta passed right out. Right out. I don't think it's going too far to say that that was the happiest moment of our lives. It was. It was. Our wedding was beautiful. Our children, all four of them, are amazing. They're great. We they love really them. are. But my God, it's the Olive Garden. <laughs> and, and our love there is, is limitless. <laughs> I felt like that poor English boy who had to sleep in the yes. same bed as his grandparents until he found the golden ticket. Yes, yes. <laughs> Billy Elliot. I felt like Billy, Billy Elliot. Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gotta be honest, we did not know who to call first. Because who do you call? I yep. wanted to tell everyone. I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. Yep. But at the same time, I didn't want to tell a damned soul. Yeah, because then people would be coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, Buttrix, how about some pasta? Yeah. Oh, guess dinner tonight's on the butt tricks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what? This is a real blessing, Bruce. That's right. But it's a real curse. It's a blessing and a curse. You said it so well, I never would have thought of that, honey. It's true. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, just like this jawline. Bruce! <laughs> Stop it! Now, this is serious. This is serious. This really puts us between a rock and a hard patch. It's true. Because how do we use this to get the most value? And not piss people off. Because if there's one thing I believe, it's that local weatherman Tom Skilling is a national treasure. <laughs> and if there's two things I believe, it's that you gotta get the most for your money. Yeah. You gotta get the biggest bang for your buck, right, Bruce? That's a big right. old bang for your buck, I right? I like that phrase. That's fun. That's <laughs> a fun one. You gotta learn how to stretch a dollar. And mm -hmm. my Bruce here knows how to stretch a dollar. Stretch a dollar like it's doing Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never do. He's I do not, I honestly don't even know, what it, know what it is. <laughs> I get enough stretching just reaching for the remote on the coffee table. Bruce, you're killing me! <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! This is serious. Serious business. Now, we could be playing with fire here because we've got the whole world in our hands now. It's true. And we can't be flippant about how we use this pasta pass. I'm aware of that. And that's why I have a strategy. Oh my God. So you got a strategy, Bruce? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. <laughs> We're using the pass every single one of the 49 nights it's valid. That Damn goes straight. without saying. Without saying. But 
We're going to different Olive Gardens. Holy! Bruce, we're going to different Olive Gardens? That's right. We've never done that. We only go to the one in Schamburg. Well, get ready, sweetheart, because we're about to take a tour of Chicagoland Olive Gardens. It'll be like we're traveling around the Italian countryside, except we always end up in the same place. Where the ravioli is always round. It is. It's round there. Look it's at weird. it. It's weird. It's very strange. Look at it. It's, it's delicious, but a strange it's shape. Not. I'm talking Arlington Heights. Oh, I wouldn't have bet any bets on Arlington Heights because there's a racetrack there. Get it? <laughs> I'm the talking whole... Melrose Park. Oh, maybe we'll run into hot Heather Locklear because she was on Melrose Place. <laughs> I'm even talking Vernon Hills. Whoa, whoa, Bruce. You don't even allow me to say Vernon Hills in the house. It's true, not normally. Can I share with them why I can't say Vernon Hills? I will allow you to tell this story. All right. My high school beau was a boy named Vernon, and his last name was Hills. And uh, we courted for a good year, year and a half. He was two years older than me, you know? It was a hot high school romance. Well, romance is kind of a strong word. And, And Bruce here is just... You know, a fiery, passionate, jealous meteor of a man, and I just can't, I can't I, even say Vernon Hills in the house. I am a volcano of emotions. Look at him. Look at him. And my God, now this pasta pass has, has changed you. It's, it's sweetened you up like the Olive Garden's brand new salted caramel tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we might even do? What, Bruce? We might even wear disguises. Oh my God, we've never done <laughs> It won't be the buttricks going to Olive Garden one night. Maybe uh, one night we'll be a cowboy couple. Oh, my God. Rattle up some red sticks, Bruce. Or or, or maybe we could be um, Elston and Shasta, the gypsy magician couple that's dark and mysterious. I'll wear a scarf. Oh, my God. Bruce, I've never even worn a scarf. I'll do it. I'll wear a silk scarf. Oh, my God. Or maybe we could be Olympians. Oh, gold medalists. Mine was in fencing. Mine was in defensing. <laughs> I know sports. Okay. You know, we are really looking forward to using the heck out of this yeah. pasta pass. Sure. Sure. But I have heard that people are selling these puppies on eBay for up to three or four times their value. What? It's not strictly legal. What? Olive Garden has said they're non-transferable, but they've also said that they'll honor them no matter what, so kind of a mixed message. Oh. <laughs> Bruce, I, mm, I don't know if I really want you doing anything illegal, although, boy, you could be a, my bad boy Bruce if you did. <laughs> bad boy Bruce. <laughs> and if I sold this, that's pure profit, Patty. My God. I know it's pure profit, Patty, but possibly passing on this perfectly pleasurable pasta pass. <laughs> you know what? 49 nights with you? That's priceless, Patty. I'm going to enjoy the H-E double breadsticks out of all this. <laughs> we'll see you at the Olive, Olive Garden. Garden. One more hand for the butt tricks. Those Palatine pals of mine were played by Mr. and Mrs. Tim Ryder and Rebecca Hansen. How about that? Real-life comedy couple.
And finally, it's time for This Week in History. Of course, This Week in History, we commemorate the anniversary of the pardon of President Richard Milhouse Nixon. Here with commentary is a wonderful Chicago stand-up. Welcome back to the Green Mill, Peter John Burns, everyone! On August 8th, 1974, 40 years ago, Richard Nixon resigned, demonstrating that no one is above the law. Forty years ago this week, Gerald Ford pardoned him without the inconvenience of a trial, amending the previous sentence to, no one is above the law unless you know the right people. <laughs> Ford said it was to heal the country. Nixon's resignation was prompted by the order of the Supreme Court to turn over the tapes he had privately made in the Oval Office. And now, 40 years later, we have the fruits of a massive historical project to digitize them all, which demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt why that resignation was a good idea. <laughs> because Richard Nixon was a lunatic. <laughs> you can go to whitehousetapes.net and listen to these for yourself, though it's more fun when I do it. <laughs> I have a few dramatic readings for you. Dateline, April 28th, 1971. President Richard Nixon, uh, Chief of Staff HR Bob Haldeman, and National Security Advisor Kissinger discussed the gays and women-sourced profanity. Let me say something before we get off the gay thing. I don't want my views misunderstood. I am the most tolerant person on that of anybody in this shop. They have a problem. They're born that way. You know that. That's all. I think they are. But anyway, my point is, though, when I say they're born that way, the tendency is there. My point is that Boy Scout leaders, YMCA leaders, and others bring them in that direction, and, and teachers. And if you look over the history of societies, you will find, of course, some of the highly intelligent people. Oscar Wilde, Aristotle, etc., etc., etc. We're all homosexuals. Nero, of course, was in a public way with a boy in Rome. There's a whole bunch of Roman emperors. But the point is, look at that. Once a society moves in that direction, the vitality goes out of that society. Now, isn't that right, Henry? Well, do you see any other change anywhere where it doesn't fit? That's certainly been the case in antiquity. The Romans were notorious. The Greeks? Uh, homosexuals, the Greeks, and they had plenty of it. By God, I am not going to have a situation where we pass a law indicating, well, now kids just go out and be gay. They can do it, just leave them alone. That's a lifestyle I don't want to touch. It's one thing for people to, you know, like some people we know who would do it discreetly, uh, but to make that a national policy, I mean, you've got to stop at a certain point. Why is it that the girls don't swear? Because a man, when he swears, people can't tolerate a girl who is... Uh, girls do swear, sir. <laughs> huh? They do now. Oh, they do now. Well, but nevertheless, it removes something from them. They don't even realize it. Uh, a man drunk or a man who swears, people will tolerate and say that that's a sign of masculinity or some other damn thing. We all do it. We all swear. But you show me a girl that swears, and I'll show you a, an awful unattractive person. <laughs> I mean, all femininity is gone. And none of the smart girls do swear, incidentally. Saturday, July 3rd, 1971. <laughs> President Richard Nixon and Chief of Staff H.R. Bob Haldeman discuss the Jews. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> All right. 
I want to look at any sensitive areas around where Jews were involved, Bob. See, the Jews are all through the government, and we've got to get in those areas. We've got to get a man in charge who is not Jewish to control the Jewish. Do you understand? I sure do. <laughs> the government is full of Jews. I sure do. <laughs> Second, most Jews are disloyal. You know what I mean? You have a, you have a garment and a Kissinger and, and frankly a sapphire, but by God, they're exceptions. Bob, generally speaking, you can't trust the bastards. They turn on you, correct? Am I wrong or right? Sure. And their whole orientation is against this administration anyway, or against you. They have this arrogant attitude, too. That's right. So. Uh, and they're smart. They have the ability to do what they want to do, which is to hurt us. That's right. Dateline, February 1st, 1972. <laughs> President Richard Milhouse Nixon tells the Reverend Billy Graham about war. Now, the point I want to make, however, is that there's never been a time when the United States needed in this office somebody who knew the communists, who knows our strengths. Take Vietnam. Who was more keenly aware than I that, from a political standpoint, we should have flushed it down the drain three years ago, blamed Johnson and Kennedy? Kennedy got us in, Johnson's kept us in. I could have blamed them and been the national hero, and it wouldn't have been too bad. Sure, the North Vietnamese would have probably slaughtered and castrated two million South Vietnamese Catholics, but nobody would have cared. These little brown people so far away, we don't know them very well. Naturally, you would say. It was a more innocent time, really. <laughs> because for Watergate, six members of the president's staff went to jail because Nixon feared pardoning them. But then Nixon was pardoned, and we didn't take to the streets. And all the president's men were pardoned during Iran-Contra, and we didn't take to the streets. And after we spent years torturing people, our current president assured CIA officials that they were all safe. And his predecessor would be safe, too, who ordered it, because that's modern bipartisanship. That was also supposed to heal the country, by the way. Though I don't know how we heal the country when we're not allowed to see the wounds and the injuries are all internal, because that's the legacy of Watergate. No evidence, no investigation. No investigation, no pardon. Our current president has a recording system that would make Nixon blush in shame. Not of himself, of course, but of us. <laughs> Turns out it's easier that way. And he has a secret bombing campaign in Asia far more ruthlessly efficient than Nixon could have dreamed of. The Statue of Justice is blindfolded in the Justice Department lobby. Some say it's to show she's impartial. I think it's because she can't bear to look. Thank you. Mr. Peter John Burns is his name. I made my way to the back nine. They call me the Iron Man. Watching out for the sand traps. Late in my plan out on a back night. I know how to do that. The Paper Machete is produced by me, Christopher Pyatt. Our managing editor is Kim Belware. Our sound engineer is Brian Heath. Our podcast is produced by WBEZ. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. 
You can also follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and visit us online at thepapermachete.com. Or you can catch us live every Saturday afternoon at the Green Mill in Chicago, home of the famous Uptown Poetry Slam. Thanks for listening. 